You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Heart Matters, where leading cardiology experts explore the latest trends, technologies, and clinical developments in cardiology practice. Your host for Heart Matters is Dr. Janet Wright, Senior Vice President for Science and Quality for the American College of Cardiology. Migraine headaches. If you've ever had one, or if you take care of patients who suffer from these, today's segment offers hope and may shed some light on unexpected, unanticipated benefits from a treatment. Who would dream that a hole in the heart and a pain in the head were related? Today we're going to talk about closure of patent foramen ovale and the impact that might have on a migraine sufferer. Our guest is Dr. Jill Jesserum, Scientific Director of the Heart and Vascular Institute at Swedish Medical Center in Seattle. Dr. Jesserum is a lead author of research published in the American Journal of Cardiology on migraine headache relief following patent foramen ovale closure. Welcome, Dr. Jesserum. Tell our listeners what your observations were. It, it thrills me that you and your colleagues observed a finding, tracked it down, and now offer hope to folks suffering from migraine headaches. Yes. Back in 2002, when my partner, Dr. Mark Reisman, and I began to see patients in our clinic who were referred from other neurologists or cardiologists to undergo patent foramen ovale or PFO closure for prevention of secondary stroke, presumed to be due to cerebral paradoxical embolism, we noticed that post-PFO closure, many of these patients had had a prior history of active migraine. And following PFO closure, about 60% of them reported complete cessation of migraine events, and about another 15% reported a substantial or greater than 50% reduction in their monthly migraine attacks. Fascinating. And what did you do once you learned that information? Well, what we did, we did publish that data in the Journal of the American College of Cardiology. And around the same time that we published, several other centers had also began noticing this kind of from an antidotal retrospective standpoint, if you will. And so as it stands right now in the past four to five years, there has been a collection, maybe about a dozen retrospective studies, primarily from the ischemic stroke population that also had coexisting migraine, and we're all reporting very similar results, that about 50 to 60% of patients are receiving migraine relief following PFO closure, and another substantial percentage are also receiving substantial reduction in migraine attacks. So following the retrospective studies, there were then moving towards more prospective studies, and we began to work with industry device companies as well as the FDA in designing prospective trials for PFO closure for the indication of migraine. And to date, there has been one study called MIST that was completed in the UK, and those results were somewhat disappointing. They did not show the results that we had seen in the retrospective studies. There are some thoughts as to why this might be, probably because they'd selected a different patient population. So currently right now in the U.S., there is one enrolling study for a PFO closure for migraine prevention. Does the type of closure performed have an impact on the results of the closure in terms of migraine relief, or is it too early to know that? 
So when you say type of closure, are you referring to transcatheter or surgical closure or the type of device that would be put in the heart for closure? I was meaning the device type. Well, that's an excellent question because right now there are probably a handful of different devices, septal occluder devices that can be used. And as of right now, we have not seen any difference between one device and the other as far as differences in migraine relief. I think that these studies are just too early. They have not enrolled enough patients yet. And I think until we can accurately say with complete confidence that PFO closure or even the type of PFO closure device that is implanted results in migraine relief, I don't think the data is there yet. And I think that there needs to be much more investigation in this. I think the focus should probably also turn not just towards treatment of of migraine with PFO closure, but looking at causal mechanisms about why would the presence of a PFO contribute to migraine? That's right where I was headed. Please explain to our listeners why closure might bring relief. Or even why PFO might contribute to migraine. I think there is a prevailing hypothesis out there, theory if you will. Again, it's, it's very early on. There's no hard data to support this theory. But if you think about the PFO, that creates a right-to-left shunt across the atrial chamber. So normally, microaggregates, small platelet particles, vasoactive substances that normally are filtered in the pulmonary system, they're bypassed with the presence of a PFO with a right-to-left shunt. And so if you will, the brain gets a bolus of the these micro-aggregates, platelet particles, and vasoactive substances. And we believe, we're speculating, that it's the presence of large amounts of these substances that then trigger migraine through the cortical spreading depression phenomena, as well as we, there is some research to support that migrainers just in general have hypersensitivity of their neurons. And so when they receive this large amounts of vasoactive substances or particles, that that is just enough to trigger a migraine. And that also migrainers may just have a lower threshold than non-migrainers or propensity, if you will, of having migraine. Currently, are there centers where closure devices are more advanced than others? I I suppose I'm thinking about the centers of excellence type models. And also, is there a registry that's collecting clinical data on patients that have these procedures? There is a registry that is collecting data, but it's not exclusive to migrainers. It's more geared toward individuals who have undergone PFO closure for secondary prevention of ischemic or cryptogenic stroke. I cannot tell you what degree of information is captured in that registry in terms of migraine. I do know that there are some prospective enrolling studies right now that are for PFO closure for the indication of migraine. But as far as a national database that is just, you know, PFO closure and migraine, no, I don't believe that that exists right now. Well, and clearly we'll get terrific guidance, or we would hope to get terrific guidance from the randomized trials. But as you mentioned, sometimes the trials restrict 
participants or enrollees, and so their generalizability to a clinical population might be limited, and I, I guess that's the additional benefit of the registry. Exactly. You're exactly right. And what we have found in these few prospective randomized clinical trials for migraine indication, what we have found is the absolute number one most challenging factor has been which patients to select because we don't believe that all migraine is all migraine or that a migrainer is a migrainer. We believe that there is a subpopulation of migrainers that this strategy, that this treatment option is probably going to work for. The problem is right now we do not know which migrainer subgroup that that is. So through these databases, through these registries that individual centers around the U.S. as well as the U.K. who do a lot of PFO closure, what we're attempting to do is to go back and try to, through regression analysis, and find out who are those migrainers that may likely benefit from PFO closure. And one of the papers that our center at Swedish Medical Center just published is we found that migrainers with aura, those who have aura, have a fourfold incidence of receiving greater migraine relief following PFO closure than those who do not have aura. And we just published those findings in the American Journal of Cardiology. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Janet Wright. Our guest today is Dr. Jill Jesserum, Scientific Director of the Heart and Vascular Institute at Swedish Medical Center in Seattle. We're discussing patent frame and ovale closure and migraine relief. Jill, you were just telling us that patients who have migraines and have an aura are much more likely to receive relief from their migraines with PFL closure. For our audience, could you just describe the aura? It's a range. If you look at the definitive criteria published in the neurology community, aura is described, particularly even by patients, as flashing lights, as changes in visual fields. Some report their peripheral vision gray. Some report that they have spots and flashing lights in the center. So it's a range. Some also report, along with this aura, which typically occurs about 60 minutes prior to the migraine, event is that they also have sometimes increased sensitivity to light, so they have photosensitivity, photophobia, and to even noises. And this can all, along with the visual changes, be part of the aura. Very helpful. And how about advising our listeners about additional treatments that are currently being used for migraine relief? As far as other treatments, there's uh, different treatments, anything from calcium channel blockers to beta blockers to triptans. And then in one of our other studies right now, again, this is a study, we're looking at the possible association with platelet activation and platelet aggregation in migrainers. And so we will be looking at the effects of daily low-dose aspirin in migrainers to see if there is a reduction in migraine events. Again, that's just a research study. It's early on, and I'm not suggesting that there has been any hard data to support daily aspirin for migraine prevention at this time, but that is one of our enrolling studies. Well, and certainly considering your description of the debris that might be the causative factor in these headaches, that would be a logical thing to test. 
It wouldn't, and actually we do have a study that is enrolling right now because if you talk about platelet activation and aggregation, we know that in migrainers there is some data to support that they do even just at baseline, not even during the headache period, they do have higher platelet activation and aggregation compared to normal controls. But what's not been reported and we're, we're about to report in the coming months is what the prevalence is of aspirin hyporesponse in migrainers, meaning what type of platelet inhibition do they have when they are taking daily aspirin. So we hope to publish our findings in the coming months, and we think that's going to be very exciting. We've been talking with Dr. Jill Jessram about patent foramenal valley closure and migraine relief. Dr. Jessram, thank you so much for being our guest today. You're welcome, Dr. Wright. Thank you. You've been listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For more information on this week's show or to download a podcast of this segment, please visit us at ReachMD.com. Thank you for listening.